What's going on? I'm your host, Aaron Lloyd, and this is episode 47. 47. I can't believe it. It's close to 50 of the Creation Grounds. Before I get into our next spectacular guest, I just want to encourage you to like, share, subscribe, tell people about the podcast that you think will be inspired, motivated, educated, entertained, and all of that. My next guest, Moses Ingram, is incredible in a class act. She has a great spirit, and I really enjoyed having her on. We have a great conversation. She's a Baltimore native, so we talk about Baltimore a little bit and how that's molded her. We talk about where her interest in acting came from, what sparked that flame. She's a Yale grad, so we talk about her experiences at Yale and how she applied lessons from the classroom to the set and what those differences were and how she navigated those and how she triumphed over those challenges. We talk about her preparation of Jolene. You may have seen her in Queen's Gambit. If you haven't, I suggest that you get on it. What are you waiting for? It's a great show and her work in it is phenomenal. We talk about her favorite chessboard piece, a book that she's gifted the most in the past year. We talk about a lot, and, and something really that I really thought was dope. She gives some great, great encouraging advice to women in the industry, women of color in the industry, but it really could apply to anybody on how you can operate and move and how you can just be a decent human being in this industry. Um, she's in an upcoming Shakespeare project slated for 2021, so look out for that. The Macbeth Project, check that out. She's in there with some amazing people. And she's a fierce talent herself, so go out and see that. We talk about some of the things that she's learned from her co-stars and much, much more. Enjoy this class act, fierce talent, Moses Ingram. And here we go. Welcome to another episode of the Creations Grounds. I have Moses Ingram on with me. What's up, Moses? Cool. So let's start with acting. What's the foundation of that? And where did the interest of the arts and acting come in for you? Um, I've been acting since I was like 10 or so. Um, and my teacher got me started in it because she told my mother it would make me like a better student. It would like correct my behavior. and It didn't do any of those things. But I ended up loving it so much that they were kind of just like, well, if you if you don't behave, if you don't get it together, you won't be doing it anymore. And that sort of was like my dangling carrot through school, pretty much. Wow, so you kind of kind of rough. I kinda. was definitely rough around the edges, um, loud mouth. Not even really a loud mouth. I just didn't let people uh, pick with me, if you will. So I fought a lot. Um, I had communic- communication issues. <laughs> I didn't feel heard, I guess. So, okay. What What inspires you, either in life or in art or other artists? Um, so many things. Um, music inspires me. Um, people inspire me. Um, my people, you know. I see them get up and go to work every day, you know make life happen and a lot of them make it happen in ways that they might not necessarily wish that they had to you know Mm -hmm. Um, and what a blessing it is that I get to you know do what I love for a living um, and like what I do for a living Um, yeah I'm inspired by Whitney Houston Um, music in general like so 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 many things what are you listening to nowadays besides Whitney? What's on your Spotify? Definitely Megan. Megan Estallion? Estallion. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, Estallion. Um, I 
like at the top of my list. I think my usual rotation is Winnie Houston, Anita Baker, Megan Thee Stallion. Somewhere between those three. <laughs> I think that's like, I feel like that's the perfect description of who I am. Those three artists, that's like most of my. And Durand. You listen to Durand? Uh, the name sounds familiar, but I'm not getting a song. Yeah, Duran Bernard. He just uh, dropped his first EP or album. Not EP, his first official album, I think it is. Um, and it's so beautiful. So a lot of him, a lot of Ari Lennox. Um, She's dope. Yeah. So Sophie's the Wretch is me. I, I like it. I love it. That's that B-more. We'll get into B-more a little bit. Um <laughs> What's the last play or film or, or show that's really moved you um, where you felt like, you know, sometimes in the theater after you just got to sit and think or something like, like, wow, that that was, what's the last thing that did that for you? Um, the last thing was probably Matt Rainey. That was. Watching. Yeah. Did you see it? Yeah. I saw it the other day. It was powerful. It was powerful. That that yeah. that levy monologue hit different. Hit so <laughs> different, right? And like, at theater people were like, we all like know who levy is and what levy gets to. It's scary, but watching Chadwick do it was just just hit different. Yeah. What all was going on, you know? For so. Be more. You grew up kind of rough around the edges, go to theater, you end up doing it to try to change behavior, then you're like, I'm not changing my behavior, and they're like, well, we're going to take theater away, <laughs> and then you start start changing behavior. How, how has Be More Baltimore, for people that don't know what that is, molded you as a person and as an artist? Um, you know, it definitely just put me, like, I mean, it's a city, so, like, it's how we get around, like, being, like, among, like, people, like, being on a bus, being on the subway, getting to school every day. You're surrounded by all, all types of people. And, you know, it starts out being, like, funny, right, to, like, act like a junkie or to act like, like, it's a joke at first, you know, but very much some things are... I don't know. I think some things just sort of stick. Um, I I wouldn't say it made me hard, but it definitely um, made me vigilant. It was very, you know, uh, discerning. You know, made me a great judge of character because that's something I needed to learn how to do early on. You know, um, yeah. I think I think it was a beautiful, you know, for all people hear about it I think it is a beautiful place to grow up because it just makes you a I think it makes you a solid person and you know people grow up different ways right like some people grow up and see the same thing and become two totally different people and that happens too um, but I've been blessed I've been blessed to um, you know have it behind me have it pushing me lifting me guiding me are you a Ravens fan you watch football Fairweather fan. Okay. <laughs> I mean, definitely super excited about the new people on the team. Um, I can't even remember that young man's name. Lamar Jackson. Uh, yes, yes. Yep. That definitely injected a new 
Let's dig into Yale a little bit. So what was the first day of graduating? Take me back to that day where you first graduated Yale. What was going through your mind? You graduate, you got your cap, you're out into the world. What was going through your head? Um, I felt really blessed to make it that far. I really did. I'm a first-generation student. I didn't see anybody go to school. It wasn't like, you know. It was kind of just different. Like, I guess I was really amazed. There were so many times where I felt like I just didn't know what I was doing or what I was going to be able to do, um, but just trying a lot. So I was really, really, really proud of that moment. Um, it's one of my proudest. That's dope. And what so you graduate Yale shortly after you're auditioning and you're blessed with some bookings what's the what's the what will you always keep with you or what's the transition like from the Yale classroom and in the Yale theater to being on set shortly after what were some of the challenges between the classroom and then actually doing what you're you're blessed to do biggest one was like learning about the camera and like where it is in space and trying to know it at all times I think that's really um, difficult to do um, especially if you don't have no experience in it I think that was the hardest thing um, but I knew patient people who were trying to teach me different ways of like getting it um, and sort of trying to like I think the the biggest difficulty was trying to be patient with myself. Right? Like I had people around me who wanted to help me, but me feeling like I happy whatever was sort of like oh, how did I miss X Y Z right? Like, mm-hmm. and it all feels very serious at first, and it is right because it's a lot of money on the line, but it's also not. It's also not that serious, I think. I think it, it's it's to be enjoyed, you know? And that's where the fun is. It's the fun is making it. I love that. What was your process of the audition for Queen's Gambit? When did that come into your life? Um, Probably, like, two weeks after graduation, maybe. It was the first thing, like, after I signed with my reps, it's the first thing they sent me out on. I was... I was my plan was to just move to LA straight out. And then I met with my agent and he was like, No, he was like, You gonna book and you ain't you didn't even have a chance to get to LA and I felt so good. I was like, Well, I got people that believe in me But he was right. Like I went in and I did that and then a couple of weeks later I met the director and after I met Scott, like a couple of weeks after that I was on my way for the first part in Toronto for the next few months and yeah so I didn't make it to LA until the the end of that December that's awesome what what was your experience on set besides like kind of navigating where the camera was what were some of the challenges and then a triumph 
because I see a resiliency in you and, and like a, 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 a motivation to like, I'm going to figure this out and understand this. So that comes from challenge. Tell me about some of the challenges you had on set and then the triumph that came from that challenge. I think the biggest one might be loneliness. I guess I, that's something I never thought about or considered in this business. Is, you know, how often you have to be away in other places. When people start out, very much as strangers. Like, you can pretend things, you can make the things look whatever, but you, you're there um, alone. And that part was difficult. Um, I got a little homesick, but I also felt really blessed to be here. And I met really great people as I sort of got comfortable and um, came out of my shell some. And at one point in filming, too, um, I started to, like, get sick. I don't know if I had COVID or not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I had COVID or not. But there was one point on set where literally everybody got sick at a different point. Um, and I happened to be off when mine was at its worst, so it turned out to be really good, but um, it definitely uh, was a physical toll on my body that lasted a while. And so I think that was the first time, like, as an adult that I had to, like, really, like, take care of myself. Like, um, am I drinking enough water? Like, Am I eating the right foods? Am I eating enough food? Um, all of those kinds of things. So that was like the first time I had to care for myself in that way. That's dope. Jo Jolene, what was your process of creating her and how did you flesh her out? She's, she's, I've heard people say they wish she had, she was in more. You know, somebody I spoke to said they wish, you know, what's the back, it was just awesome. But what was your, what was your, creation of that character of Jolene? Um, the, the, the complication is that you miss you miss all of her story because every part of her story you get is tied to that. Um, and so because of that um, it was really important for me to flesh out Jolene as much as possible and make Jolene as much of a uh, a full, you know, full breathing human as I possibly, um, because felt like it would have done a disservice to the whole thing if if, if I didn't make um, Jolene as full of a person as I could have, and I I feel good uh, with how people have uh, left on to the character um, because it, you know. Yeah, I feel good about the way people have latched on to Jolene and have wanted more from Jolene. It makes me feel like I did I did my best. Um, which is which is all you can do. If that's what you can What's yeah. your what's your favorite chessboard piece? Um I don't play chess, but the one I hear about that I like the most it's probably the pawn because you think it's like a little throwaway piece, but um, it can come in handy to make big moves. At least 
least from what I understand. I could totally be wrong about that, but from what I understand, yeah, I think that would be my favorite one. That's cool. And what book have you gifted the most in the past year? And what? Uh, what book have you gifted the most in the past year? The Four Agreements. That's dope. That's a great one. Yeah. I still haven't read it myself. Every time I sit down, it, it's been interesting. I'm, I'm with someone who's like, oh, I never read it because it's such a, like, a thin book. I just give away mine, and I'm like, oh, I ordered another one. I'm actually looking at it right now because this is the next one that I bought because I always give it away. Um, but I'm actually going to read it this holiday. So it's, yeah. a, it's a good one. It's a good one. So, what's the best one hundred dollars you ever spent besides uh, the four agreements? <laughs> um, best hundred dollars. Mm. I so last summer, uh, um, Ari Lennox came to the Bowery in the city, and. Um, I wasn't going to go for some reason, but then I did go and it ended up being a date and it was like, it ended up being so fun and I wasn't expecting it to be as fun as it was, but, um, I think at this point that might be the best, best hundred dollars I've spent. That's dope. She signed with J. Cole, right? All right. Yeah. Yeah. Dreamville. Yeah. So what advice would you give women of color navigating the industry based on what, you, what you've what you learned already for somebody who really latched onto Jolene or um, maybe a little girl out there who's in high school or just older people that, that, that are inspired by you? What would you say to them? Um, two things. And the first one comes to me really easy, which is you have to teach people how to treat you. The more you let people things you know because you don't want to be a bother because you don't want to be a problem you're grateful and you don't want to seem ungrateful um, people will let you keep doing that as long as you keep doing that and you'll miss out on things that you really need or um, things that will really um, make you better um and honestly, a lot of the times when you think you're being too much, you think you've been ungrateful, I can guarantee you people are asking for 20 times more whatever the thing it is you're asking for. Like, so it's necessary. And a quote is fed. So, like, if you need something and you don't say something, if you don't say something to your team, and that's what they're there for, right? And it took me a long time to get around to that, like, asking for what I needed because I didn't want to see whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody else is getting what they need. So <laughs> you can go without and go without. <laughs> and that's one way to do it. Or you can also get what you need and be better than me, obviously, be horrible. Not at all. That just means, like, if you... If you need something specific for your hair, if you need, you know, something specific in your living arrangement, if, you know, something that is something you need, you got to ask, you got to say it, it's important. That's dope. 
what what do you believe today that even five years ago you would never have believed? Anything is really possible. I, th- I used to think that sounded so cliche. I really did. And um, God has opened so many doors for me after so many have closed them. Not like I'm like, oh, I can this person, but I haven't done it in my life, and things didn't really shift for me um, until I got to Yale. Yale definitely changed my level of access, um, and I will not be the one to sit here and lie to anybody about that, right? Um, but, I mean, really, like, I, there were times I really just didn't know how and sort of just, you know, praying and, and being honest with myself about what I wanted and, you know, taking that next practical step. Like, many times in my life I wanted to jump to 10 when you really just got to take the first half step <laughs> on that journey to the 10 steps that need to be taken. You take some steps back in that 10, but um, timing is everything. Anything is really possible. I know it sounds stupid and crazy or whatever, but um, I really believe that. That's awesome. And w- tell me about your upcoming Shakespeare project that's slated for, is it 2021 or 2022? 2021. It's, yeah, it's slated for 2021. Um, I think they want a theatrical release. I think they're really trying to hold for a theatrical release. Um, but who knows what's going to happen with everything that's going on. Um, but basically, it's the tragedy of Macbeth um, made for the screen by... A lot of like dope people in it, like Washington and Francis McDormand's in it, Nathan and Corey Hawkins and Miles Anderson. Sorry about that. Um, but it's um, it's a really cool project that I was blessed to be a part of. And I think the best part about it is like people have seen Macbeth, obviously, but um, this one is so different and the jewels are so beautiful. Everybody really does amazing work. I sometimes be like, I don't know how the fuck I finessed that, but <laughs> um, it's really cool to be a part. That's awesome. What's the most valuable thing you've learned from your co-stars, either on Queen's Gambit or the Shakespeare set, or even in your theater at Yale um, or where, wherever? Definitely. I feel like in any room you walk into, there's a dynamic and there's a way that you play into the dynamic. Um, And I think any normal person um, will be able to tell where they fall into that. There are obviously exceptions to that rule, but I think everybody knows where they fall in a certain dynamic when they come into a room. Um, And I think that people who are sort of at the helm of these dynamics are... um, have responsibility, um, whether they want to own that responsibility or not, to um, set the tone for the culture of work that's happening. Um, and you do that by being graceful. And that's always, I 
mean, I've been blessed to be in rooms where um, people are um, respectful of that and knowledgeable of that and try to make the work atmosphere as, you know, as positive as they can. And how to be graceful, right? Because you can be at the top of your craft, you can be amazing. It's only a graceful, decent human. I never understand when people are like, just trash. Like, it ain't no need for you to be up here just being trash. Like, people do that. But um, I've seen people in all the rooms that I'm in um, at one point or another um, lean into that grace. And that's something that I've always wanted to exemplify, like, to be a decent person. I love that. What What do you desire to do next? Any dream collaborations? Any people that you really desire to work with? Um, I love me some Arjun Ellis. I think Arjun Ellis is fabulous. I, I missed the name. I'd love to work with her. Who? Arjun Ellis. Oh, dope, dope. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I love her work. I love to watch her. Um, I would love to just be invited to a rehearsal where she worked there. And I'd be like, all right, cool. I'd be quiet. Like, don't nobody got to pray about me. You know? Um, I think Nicole Bahari is amazing. I mean, my list of people that I'm inspired by really just kind of goes on. There's so much, so much talent out there. And people are doing really amazing work. And, I ask all my guests this, when you think of the word creative, who comes to mind for you and why? It's been a pleasure. You've been, you're you're awesome. I love your spirit. How how can people connect with you after they listen to this? Do you have social that you're active on? How do you have a website? How do um, people connect with you? I am still a pretty terrible communicator. Uh, I mean, my Instagram is active. I'm not on it so much. Um, sometimes I go through my DMs and I respond to like I like do a random swipe and like respond to like five. But yeah, I guess Instagram would be the best way. Cool. Moses Ingram.